Today's episode of Grad School Confessional is brought to you by Curses. Need a handy explanation for a seemingly otherwise unearthly occurrence? Curses. Feeling plagued by an unknown force that is definitely, definitely not just you manifesting a series of maladaptive coping mechanisms? Curses. Really don't feel like explaining why something went wrong? Curses. Need a way to end a bit that's probably too long and overdrawn? Curses. You're listening to Grad School Confessional, a podcast that explores the good, bad, and ugly of graduate school, directly from graduate students themselves. I'm your host, Dr. Yoasway. From awkward supervisor interactions to reviewer two horror stories to convincing your parents why grad school was a good idea, we read out the confessions of graduate students from all over and chat about the realities of pursuing higher education. I'd like to welcome back my co-host and amateur fortune teller, my wife, Anna. Anna, what do you see in the future? I'm going to die. Mm, I mean the near future. Me too. Ah, your clairvoyance is fascinating. Anna is a PhD candidate studying digital health, a field where researchers ask, if you die playing The Sims, do you die in real life? Let's find out together. <laughs> Truly terrifying. This month, Grad School Confessional is putting a spooky spin on things with a series of episodes that explore some of the frightening sides of the grad school experience. Today's episode is about curses in grad school. You probably know what I'm talking about. Those unexplainable events or equipment that just won't work, seemingly endless emails and busy work that simultaneously feel like you've done everything, but nothing at the same time. What are some uh, common grad school curses that you feel like you've had? Um, the ethics form that ne could never go through. And then every time you'd make changes to it, they would like comment on something else that you've already changed based oh, on yeah. their suggestions. <laughs> and then you just go into the, into this like endless spiral of ethics revision. Yeah. And like, I feel like you have that with supervisors too, where they're just like, oh, fix this. And then like, you'll do all these things. And a week later, you'll give it back and they'll be like, oh, change this. And it's like, but you just told me to change that from this. You know, and it's kind of just this never-ending thing. I feel like, similarly, emails from students. Really? Just like that. Yeah, like, you just, you get emails from students about uh, an assignment or about something, and it's just like, why have I been cursed with this job? <laughs> <laughs> or something like that, I don't know. We actually had a fridge in our old lab. It was one of those, like, really deep freeze fridges that was meant yeah. to hold, like, biological samples and stuff. And... It was, it's held at like negative 80 degrees Celsius. So it's right. meant to be really cold, right? Yeah. But if it goes above a certain point, it'll start to beep to kind of warn you that like, hey, your samples I'm are melting. Yeah. I'm, me I'm melting. I'm melting. So it would just beep randomly. Like it would just start frying <laughs> itself and we couldn't figure out why for the longest time. And then we just realized that because it was in this room that was fairly like small yeah. if we left the door closed it would like heat up the room enough to actually heat uh, up the fridge too wild i thought your fridge was just trying to kill itself <laughs> imagine <laughs> i don't want to freeze anymore i want to feel love <laughs> just yeah <laughs> oh anyway in the spirit of these curses our first confession comes from a grad student who describes the sheer absurdity of filing for paperwork sometimes. They write, I needed to get approval to work at a hospital 
even if you're not interacting with patients, just to be there, you need to complete a bunch of forms and prove immunity to a number of diseases, as well as getting a TB test. I filled out all the stuff, did all the training and everything that I needed to do and went to a person who was supposed to help me with it. It took seven months to get approved and they lost my paperwork four times. Eventually, I had to go and deliver the forms myself and was given the wrong instructions of where to go. So I spent 45 minutes walking around an office trying to get in touch with someone to clarify what I was supposed to do. I suspect it was partly the person who was helping me do it who screwed it up because I had to do it again a year later and I just did it all myself and it took two weeks. Moral of the story is, as a young naive grad student, I stupidly believed that people would actually do what they said they were going to do in a timely manner. Don't rely on someone else to do something that you can do yourself, especially if it is important to you, because it won't be important or as important to them even if they say it is their top priority. Also, right after I got approved a second time, COVID shut everything down and I could not be in the hospital. So I had to rework my thesis, redo my prospectus, and the whole thing was moot anyways. <laughs> Dang. I love the ending of that. It's like, ah, And it was all for, for nothing. nothing. <laughs> and that, I think, is the greatest curse of all. It's like the monkey paw wish, where it's like, I just want this to get approved. And like, your application is approved. But you can't do research now because of COVID. And then I, just... I mean, I feel like that was everybody's experience. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> true. Years ago. Where were you in your like research when COVID happened? Uh, where was I? You hadn't collected data yet, right? No, I wouldn't start collecting data for another like couple of months, for maybe four more months. Yeah. Um. So it was kind of like, I don't know. It worked out. I was super lucky because I was doing interviews. So it was just a matter of doing interviews over the phone versus in person, yeah. which I think made it so much easier for people to participate that yeah. I got more people yeah. rather than like having them bus down to the university and have to like sit in my office. Yeah. yeah. And like, it's nice that you were able to pivot before kind of all this stuff happened. Cause I remember I was like into the last study of my three studies for my dissertation and just thinking like, I don't know how I'm going to finish this. Like people were already gone off campus and they had sort of the devices we were using um, and they had to mail them back because, you know, they're not coming back because of COVID. And I remember distinctly sitting in my lab with you and one of the lab managers from the other lab came in and was like, OK, guys, just so you know, you should take all your stuff with you by the end of the week because they're closing down the building for a week. And we were like, OK. And I remember you're like, I have some plants should I take those from my office? Yeah, and I ended up taking them. And then for the next year that we were still in the city and the vicinity of the university, I had the honor of going for walks on campus, walking by people's offices and watching their plants slowly wither I away. I know, I know. So <laughs> throughout sad. the year. It was so bad. Yeah. But I think you can relate to working in a hospital, right? And having to go through all of these hoops and hurdles just to like be in the space. I, okay. I actually have always had the best experience with paperwork. Really? It's always been like a one day thing. What's the trick? Um, I usually look really sad and I follow people around like a sad puppy dog. <laughs> <laughs> I literally watch them take my form from one person to another. Okay. So, you know, yeah. supervision and, and emotional manipulation. Yeah, exactly. That's, I got it. That's, that's the key the way, here. <laughs> that's the way to get things done, man. Oh, but I think you had your own curse related to like working in a hospital. 
just having like so many rounds of antibiotics. Oh my god. Okay, so uh, my master's degree, story time, uh, my master's degree involved collecting data in a rehab facility, not like a fun, like alcohol rehab, more like people who, <laughs> like for people who've sustained traumatic brain injury or spinal cord injury. And so I was in this environment and wherever people spend long time like lying down or being within close vicinity of one another, there's a lot of infection going on. And mm -hmm. so within the first six months, I'm pretty sure I did like seven rounds of antibiotics. <laughs> My internal <laughs> flora <laughs> or fauna or yeah, whatever, a all flora. of it. You don't have all a deer living in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I did. Maybe that's what the eighth round of antibiotics was for. No, but it was just barren. It was done. I had everything that you could have possibly picked up there. Yeah. And when I was telling that to like one of my doctors, like, yeah, 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 that's that's pretty standard. Within six months, nurses tend to get like so many infections. Oh my and then your body just kind of sorts itself out. I'm like, how is this a normal thing that you're just like yeah. That we're just okay with. Yeah. yeah. So I guess, you know, in a way that's kind of a curse of working at a hospital too. But I think a uh, moral of the story here, too, is, you know, kind of being able to pivot your research on a dime and just knowing and having other stuff kind of ready to go in case something goes wrong. Because, yeah, we discussed this before, but with research, something always goes wrong. Also, don't trust people to do things for yeah, you. Yeah, don't trust people to do things Ever. for you. Like, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. They don't care. Sometimes the curse takes a while to sink in. Didn't I leave this somewhere? Didn't I send out that email? This grad student reprises a similar experience when they were first applying for ethics approval. They write, It was my first time applying for ethics, and after many revisions from my supervisor and collaborators, we submitted the application and we had some revisions. I addressed the ethics board's comments as well as my supervisors, and I submitted the application with the revisions. After each submission, the application kept coming back with the same comments from the ethics board. We probably submitted the revision five times. Each time I doubted myself, I thought that I probably missed a thing or two, and even my supervisor was frustrated with me. She thought I was being lazy and not addressing all the comments and not going through the revisions carefully. Not a good look on me. We finally realized that the revisions I was doing on the application were not saving from the lab's PC. Every time I pressed the save button, the edits never saved. That's why we had the same revisions time after time. Now. I don't trust any computer at the lab. I learned the hard way. Yikes. <laughs> Imagine being on the other end at the ethics office and just being like, guys, just make the changes. We're trying. <laughs> they just come back every time. We've addressed the changes and just the same application. Like, both parties are like, are you dumb? <laughs> Wait, am I going crazy? Am I insane? <laughs> it's like, okay, the fact that it took five tries. And they didn't realize it. And they didn't realize it. Like, okay, maybe I'm overly skeptical of technology, but literally with ethics, like every single sentence I type, I'm like, control us, control us, control yeah. us. <laughs> but I think it was also, it's got to be kind of on the part of the ethics office too, right? And the officer here. And just after the third, like, completely <laughs> identical submission, you have to kind of think like, are these guys really... There's something going on. Yeah, there's got to be something going something on. And so I think on both ends, there's kind of, you know, some fault there. Um, I almost had... So, like, obviously I had my interviews recorded, and then they got transcribed, and that was fine. 
but then I printed them out and like as I was doing my analysis and I was going through it, I was making annotations on the paper. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're all sitting like annotated in a folder. And then we came home one day and it's like scattered all over the floor because one of our dogs got into oh, it. Yeah. I was like, no! <laughs> but he only ate a couple of consent forms. So that was fine. <laughs> Wait, has, has Dudley eaten something important before? I swear he has. No, just my consent forms. But there were blank consent forms. Okay, okay. Sometimes I just feel like, oh, you know what? I remember one time I came home and Dudley had, like, nibbled at my external hard drive. And oh, you could yeah. see, like, these, like, two holes in it. Like, these little, like, bite marks. And I, like, my heart just sank. I was like, this, this dog basically destroyed my thesis. Oh, my God. Like, I can't defend my dog ate my thesis. I know, literally. Like, it's the modern equivalent, the digital equivalent. My dog ate my hard drive. <laughs> okay, but along the lines of submitting and resubmitting something, um, we currently have a cursed manuscript under review. Oh, God. And it has been under review for a year and, I kid you not, seven months. Coming up eight, actually. Oh, yay. Yeah. We're getting ready for its second birthday. Um, <laughs> but anyway, but like every few months... We like email the editor and they're like, your, your thing is still under review and like the most polite and boilerplate response. Yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure they just copy and paste their response now. And I'm pretty sure one of our reviewers has passed on. Yeah, like that's, that's gotta plane. be the only thing, right? Like the, the, something must have happened to this reviewer where they're just like incommunicado. But then my question is like, why don't they just get another reviewer on this? I think it's a taste work and they're just like, well, you know, they said they'd have it done a year ago, but, but like... what if they, like, <laughs> passed away? So are you telling me your manuscript won't get published because somebody died? died? <laughs> and our journal was too lazy to find somebody to replace? You know what? I'm sure stranger things have happened in the world of publishing. I'm sure stranger things have happened. I want to know. <laughs> uh, our final confession... Concerns what is possibly the scariest thing that could ever happen to a grad student. No, a person. This final confession comes from a master's graduate who details the truly heart-sopping thing they experienced while writing their final manuscript. They write, My master's thesis document was due at 4pm and I had only received final edits from my supervisor at 9pm the night before. Around 3, I realized I need to do a quick power calculation. Easy peasy. Until my computer went black. My document ended up being unharmed, but about 90% of my R script was gone. Luckily, I had backed it up, but it turns out I hadn't updated that version in a few weeks and had been almost completely redone since then. I submitted the document, defended, and ignored that issue. For a year, I told my supervisor that I was editing my manuscript for publication when I was really just avoiding redoing an analysis I had hardly understood the first time I did it. After finally admitting all of this, we were able to enlist the resident stats expert in the lab to take over the analysis portion of the publication. Takeaways. Back up your analysis frequently and understand that sometimes admitting defeat is the best possible outcome. And that's why I do qualitative research. <laughs> but you could still lose your recordings. Actually, I have, you have a great story for this, right? Remember the first focus group we did where we were oh. recording? And we were like, oh, we'll use this screen capture software and we'll get the interview that way. Yep. And you were there and I was like, you know what? I'll be on it too, just so I can record it as well in case something happens. 
And something did happen. Yeah, so we had this like beautiful recording of everybody's faces with no sound. No sound. No sound. Yeah, but luckily we had uh, the backup recording. Yeah, to, like, we had like we had like two backups. It yeah. was pretty good. Yeah, they don't call it the screen of death for nothing though. Eh? That stuff is scary. Okay, adjacent to this, not exactly the same thing, but I almost destroyed my laptop because I got a Trojan virus. And you'd be like, oh, "Oh, what was she doing? Was she pirating movies? Was she illegally downloading the newest album from Halsey? No, I tried to download SPSS. A statistical software. To be honest, though, I think I had found it for you. And I was like, oh, yeah, you can use this. And it definitely gave you a virus that yeah. we were, like, pretty scared about. And I gave, I gave my laptop Trojan. Like, who embeds it into a statistical software? They know their market, man. They know their market. People are desperate. God seems are desperate. Yeah. It seems kind of weird that this person's supervisor didn't give them back edits for their manuscript until, like, the day before it was due. That is the truly that scary is, part. Yeah, that's the really scary part here. <laughs> Oh, man, imagine just getting those back and I don't know, man. I totally relate to the whole thing where this person's like, I just decided not to do anything for a year because I really didn't want to come back to this manuscript and look at the analysis again. Like, yeah, I've done that before. I think in the first year of my master's, it was like, oh, I'm supposed to be reaching out to these companies and trying to recruit people and get, like, information. And I was just like, oh, or I could just fix bikes the whole summer. And I did. And that didn't give you anxiety. I mean, you know, it did. It's interesting. I feel like I'm able to justify pretty much anything to myself. Hmm. The power of the mind. That's that's healthy. (laughs) It is healthy, isn't it? (laughs) It's how I get through all, like, those pile of work that I have to do. It's just like, well, you know, what's the worst that could happen? (laughs) I just scream into my screen. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like my own curse related to R, this like open access statistical software, I have tried to learn R on three separate occasions. And like not just try to learn it like, oh, I'll just sit down and try and figure it out myself. No, I've taken three workshops on introduction to R. And every time I just, at the end of the session, I just feel like crying. Like, legitimately, I'm never as close to actually breaking down into tears than I am at the end of an R session. I'm just like, I'm doing everything you're saying. Why isn't it working? Why am I getting an error message? I remember we had, like, an R girls, like, support group. Um, And I went there. And the first couple of times I went... And we were, like, analyzing these data sets. And they are like, oh, yeah, there's just, like, an... You just misplaced something in your code. You know, just move this comma. And <laughs> I move the comma. And it gives me a completely different error message. I'm like, <laughs> how can I fix the problem? And the fixing of the problem has created a brand new and more difficult problem. I feel like that's such a trope with coding. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. You're like, yeah. how is there an error in line 523 when my code is 79 lines? <laughs> Tell me. I remember too, because you had gone to like a couple of those sessions and you were pretty keen on learning. You're like, oh yeah, R is like going to be super important. I'm going to make it part of my dissertation or your thesis. And just... I was like, nah. Nah, it's not worth it. 100% <laughs> Someone crazy. else can do this. <laughs> Somebody else. And now I might have to learn it. Yeah. Relearn it again. <laughs> I think relearning infers that you learned it the first time. <laughs> Shut up, I'm just cry. I told you that in confidence. 
<laughs> so mean. I'm going to cry after this. <laughs> it's hard, though. Honestly, learning R is... I don't know. I feel like I'm a pretty fast learner for most things, and I just... Coding is not intuitive to me. That's my curse. I just cannot get coding. And I've downloaded apps for this, too. There's some, like, really highly rated apps out there that learn how to code in R. And I just... Fall asleep every time I open the app. You need something like the Duolingo app. I need like, like cocaine. Did you just like keep me awake? <laughs> I need to. You know what I need to do? I need to use my own experience and behavior change science, <laughs> and just start conditioning myself no, to like an R. No, because then you know the theory, so you know how to break it. I'm just gonna be doing cocaine on my own. <laughs> Forget R. I don't need this anymore. This is great. <laughs> I feel so much better. Learning stats is so fun. I'm like not even in the computer, like near it. <laughs> oh man. Uh, don't do drugs. Don't do drugs, kids. This no. is a joke. Ah, <laughs> oh, curses. It looks like we're running out of time. You've been listening to Grad School Confessional. I'm Dr. Yoasway. Special thanks again to my co-host Anna. Anna. Use your psychic powers to peer into my mind palace. My bungalow, more like it. Okay, shh. What am I about to say? If you enjoy the show, leave us a review okay, on Apple Podcasts. Okay, I don't Podcasts sound or- like that. <laughs> Keep going, though. It is pretty funny. Well, now that you call me out. <laughs> uh, if you enjoyed the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on iTunes so that others can benefit from our mediocre advice. Please also share us with your social network and follow us on Twitter at GSConfessional. And if you have a confession you'd like to make, please use the anonymous link in the description or email thegradschoolconfessional at gmail.com. We're waiting for your funny, interesting, or controversial confessions. Until next time, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Principal Investigator, Amen. Look at me, I'm Yola. Okay, that's not what I sound like. It's totally what you sound like.